0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christian Victoria, the Baked to community podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, in the illustrious, esteemed, and gorgeous studio beam. This is true. And I'm here with you, Pastor Nick This Plummer. is a great studio.
1: Yeah, oh, we're crazy. actually in, I'd say, the uh of
0: <laughs> There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would love to be in the actual inner court.
1: Yeah, we're in the inner court. I would, I would.
0: I mean, I feel the inner court. Imagine
1: the wall is like the holy of holies, like right it's there, the th- yeah, like right there. Because when we project the ark of the covenant on there.
0: Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah, get into I could it. I can see it. Let's do it. All right. So, a couple uh, housekeeping items. First off, if you guys are watching this on Facebook or on YouTube, please uh, like the video, share it, subscribe, hit the bell if you're on YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, we really appreciate your support by uh, helping us get the word out about being Christians with Torah. Uh, A couple announcements about uh, the congregation here in Brandon, Florida. We have Mr. Ken Gobb coming for this Shabbat service, uh, February 20th. And he is an awesome guest. We're very excited to have him hear what he has to say. And so if you're in the area, I encourage you to come. If you can't, we will be live streaming 11 a.m. this Saturday.
1: And just a little plug here real quick. This particular gentleman has been to Israel 185 times.
0: I heard 135. I've heard 155. It's 185. It's legendary at this We've point. We've already confirmed. Legendary it. status. Yeah,
1: he, does, he needs to update his website. Yeah, okay. That right. happens. 185.
0: 185.
1: 185. I've been
0: once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not going to go there. I've been seven times. But anyway, uh, Ken Gobb has an incredible testimony. He he is actually an evangelist. Okay. He's real big into evangelism very good at what he does He has, his background is a singing group as well with his family cool years ago uh his wife uh barb just passed away this this year the beginning of the year they were married 65 years <sighs> just a wonderful woman i got to meet her twice through an idea exchange conference with pastors in orlando the last couple of years but to make a long story short uh, ken gobb wrote a book called god's got your number boy does he and it's an incredible testimony and a, just incredible book if you want to be inspired or, or check out how God works in ways that we wouldn't even think. Uh, he actually uh, tells the story of God's got your number, and that's all I can tell you. So, ah, interesting.
0: Yeah. All right, God's got your number. I believe in God.
1: Nice little plug there.
0: It is. So, um, all right. So that will be this coming Shabbat, 11 a.m. on Saturday. You can live stream it at our website at toprays.net or on YouTube, Facebook, wherever. And then uh, also the following Shabbat, February 27th. Is the big Purim shindig? So, we're going to be having a, skit. a big celebration, celebration and service. Food afterwards. We're going to have a big celebration <laughs> curry chicken with a skit that I think Josiah and his team are Put putting on. Some
1: videos it's Purim the year later, one year later.
0: Purim, one year later. And Susa, yeah, awesome. And then we're having oneg, which is our meal after the service. That's right. Uh, after the fact, and uh, you know, I had originally heard that it was going to be shawarma, but I heard that was fake news. Shawarma would be good. Shawarma would be good, but I I don't think it's going to be shawarma. So we're going to be excited at whatever right. surprise meal we have. So all right. So Purim, February twenty seventh, also at eleven a.m. the following Saturday. The meal so. afterwards. Yep.
1: Exactly. Free right. to the public.
0: Free to the public. It's free. It's, it's for free. me.
1: <laughs> I understand that. All right. It's with all my kids.
0: Let's get off the tea and get some meat. What do you
1: say? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes.
0: Let's jump in. All right. So the p- tour portion this week is Taruma, which means Portion. Offerings. Huh. Or offerings. P- portion, offerings. I think last week meant offerings, right? This week means portion.
1: No, I believe uh, last week it was mishpatim.
0: Right, which is ordinances.
1: Ordinances. Right. Yeah, You're that's right. not an offering.
0: You're absolutely right. It's yeah. not. We'll not, do nah.
1: this. Don't worry. Well, we've only been doing this for 20 years.
0: Tw- 20. 20. This is your 21st Torah cycle, right? It is, Yeah, and
1: I know a little bit.
0: You might, you okay. might. So uh, the Torah portion is Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 through chapter 27 and verse 19. So
1: you're going to go ahead and read 25 verse 1 through 9. That's going to be our little introduction. Gifts for the tent.
0: Gifts for the tent. Here we go. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram's skins dyed red, and badger's skin, and sheatim wood, oil for the light spices for the anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye
1: make it. So let's just jump right in here for the sake of time. You know, the way we, we do this, we have basically four pages of notes through the facilitator's outline. Yeah. So we have 15 minutes per page. Basically what we want to try. We to try. So but once again, it goes right into Exodus 25 to speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. You know, we would say this even in our church as far as tithes and offerings go you know uh to give willingly you know and give to what you believe in amen you know it's interesting you know if if you like certain things you you'll give to it if you like starbucks you're going to go to starbucks if you love kentucky fried chicken and that secret recipe
0: i mean i do like kentucky fried then you're going
1: to, <laughs> to believe that and you're gonna you're gonna purchase something right uh if you like dunkin donuts coffee you're going to go through that drive You're going to go in there because you believe in Dunkin' Donuts. You're going to give to it. I believe. So that, well, that's what we say here at our church. You know, hey, if you don't believe in what we're doing, don't give to it. Right. But if you believe, start to give. So the following is the offering that the Lord wanted. He wanted gold, silver, brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, shea wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod, and in the breastplate. And
0: a partridge in a pear Exodus tree. chapter
1: 25, verses 3 through 7. So everything they plundered from Egypt, everything that was given to them, yeah. it, you know, was going to be used for the sanctuary. Right. The Mishkan. Is that the, is that the proper term?
0: The Mishkan would be the tabernacle, yeah. So,
1: so once again, think about it, right? All of your resources, everything you have, is to the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why you need to learn how to share and everything else. So so here's the, the question, Ryan, if you want to go and read this for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Why can't we just give to God without a willing heart? I'm already there. Look at that. What a coincidence. How about it? All right. Well, if you're
0: not... I'm there already. I am. I'm highlighted. All right. So, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God
1: loveth a
0: cheerful giver.
1: Now in the Greek, that means hilarious. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, you know? and you can extend that out to even tipping people.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, uh, tipping people. You know, it's like I had a situation happen to me where I I tipped the person, and sir, uh, I think you make a mis- you made a mistake because you know, that's that seems like a lot. Yeah, that's what I put. Yeah. Just cried, you know, Aww. but it's like people say, well, why would you do that? Because I can
0: Yeah, that's right. There's
1: no thinking about it. You, you do it. And you right. think about what if I was them. Yeah. You know, my kids love surprises. So like, I've been even telling my leadership and my adults around here, the staff, Hey, if you're good, if, if I see something, you're going to get a, you're going to get a prize, <laughs> you know? And they're like, Huh? But adults right. like it too. Yeah. We think kids like a prize. You know, hey, yep. daddy, where's my prize? You know, they yeah. remind me. But yeah. adults like prizes too. Here, I got you a prize.
0: You know, the Bible says that um, he God is a, a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, and That's I believe right. that to be true. And you know what's um you know what's also cool is uh, uh, a lot of times I think that people want to represent God, and so they'll you know leave a track or something in their you know their server's thing, yeah. but with like a bad tip. And so that's probably not a, a good idea, right? If you're going to leave a track and you're going to represent the, you know, the glory of God, you're going to have to come, you know, swinging for the fences on that tip uh, in order to to have the influence that you were hoping to have. You know, Amen. It's,
1: it's just like that saying.
0: What does it say? People, money money talks? Well,
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, quit talking and start walking. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. All oh, so, right. I like what the Complete Jewish Bible says in reference to this one scripture. It says, do unto others as you would like for them to do unto you. So what you do for someone, whether they do it for you or not, is regardless. you're like, no, I'm going to do this.
0: You know, one of the things that uh, I struggle with about just existence, you ever had those existential thoughts where you're just like, Why are things the way that they are? You know, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, uh, why do puppies get hit by cars? You know, why do children, innocent children, get cancer? All of these things, right? God is sovereign. Well, I know it's tough. It it is. Those are tough questions. And so, when what does it have to do with giving with a willing heart? Well, the the reason that all of the bad in the world exists is because of free will. But the greatest and most beautiful and most wonderful things in the world exist because of free will. See, free will is a double-edged sword, and God knows that. But he has to give us liberty to make our own choices so that there can be a loving, mutual relationship between us and our Creator. And so it's, it's, it's just a, a law of, of you know the universe that God created that without the free will— of the giving, right? So the giving has to come as a free will offering, as has to come from a willing heart, somebody that wants to give it and not somebody that's giving it begrudgingly, as the scripture mentions, because that was the whole point in the giving, right? The whole point is that that's what God wants. God doesn't want the other offering at all. He doesn't even want it. Somebody ever given you something and they're like, well, fine, just take it. And then you're like, well, now I don't want it. You know? Yeah. It's the same idea with God and the
1: offering. I mean, that's awesome. You know, my thing is, you know, the willing heart, you know, um, if you think about, like, I, I use Patrick Mahomes as an example because he just got beat in the Super Bowl and everything. We're all laughing at him. Look at him. He ran around yeah. behind the line of the scrimmage for almost five yards. He's laughing at the bank, right? But it's like he's got a 10-year contract for $450 million. <laughs> Let me
0: just, That's $45 million a year.
1: No, that's not counting State Farm. Right. Patrick Mahomes rate right? that he gets. <laughs> Do you mean the discount? Yeah, the discount. <laughs> and Oakley glasses you know his shield on his on his helmet yeah. so where I, what I was saying nothing against Patrick Mahomes was saying sometimes this is going to be your reward so everything that was given to the children of Israel was to be used for their community to glorify God yeah. and bring people in of like-mindedness that's why Beit Tehila is where it's at because it's just it's important that we that we look at this because it says right here that what did the Lord want the people to make him and why a sanctuary that he made dwell among them now, there's a big debate right now among Christianity in the New Testament. Well, I'm the temple of God. I'm a lively stone. Which is Jesus true. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. But remember, the place is very important in Jerusalem. That's where his name is. That's where Christianity actually started. That's where he did his ministry. That's where he suffered, died, and was buried, rose again. This is where he's coming back. So I think as Christians, we need to face east, lift up holy hands, ask for forgiveness. First Kings 8, check it out. But this word mikra for convocations is, is in regard to the feast days. And so it's interesting that you would say, well, you know what, I'm going to stay home or i'm gonna go just you know next door i'm gonna do this but it means something called out a public meeting a rehearsal that's what the feast days are so because we started meeting in the living room we outgrew it it was so funny because we got up to 50 people in the living room for tour study yeah. we had to go rent a hotel room like the ballroom yeah so we could expand the uh the uh the the, the tourist study because you couldn't fit any more people in that living room Interesting. and car and parking so you know and it's funny how a lot of churches are closed right now some willingly some unwillingly uh, a lot of little churches have folded quit done uh, the the mega church really is taking a big hit because you know they say that this is the new normal they'll never fill those seats again like they did yeah just because of the new normal but you know we can have hope and believe for that but I'm just sharing this with you Ryan because we got to get moving on here but
0: you know I really do believe in the uh, in the physical place uh, and also the spiritual principle Absolutely. of us being lively it's stones. Twofold. Well, that's what I mean. It's They're, they're not—it's they're, they're, both. It's a yes to that answer. But people use the one to kind of negate the other. And so then I always ask this question when somebody wants to tell me that, oh, well, that's just because now Jesus lives in my heart, or whatever, this and that, right. that I'm the temple, yada, yada, yada. All true, but, right? There's a but at the end of that statement, and that is, is the Antichrist going to set himself up in your heart in the last days?
1: The spirit of Antichrist and, is already here. And
0: they're usually like, no, no, not, no, you know, and that, and I'm like, well, then there's going to be a temple. There It'll is. first be holy because it will be desecrated. It says it. It says it. So in order for it to be defiled, it must first be you know, holy. This is
1: a win-win situation just to the point of the prophecy is going to be fulfilled. But there's a lot of Christians are saying, let's get this thing going, whether it's a building or a house of prayer, or whatever it is. <laughs> you like, know. Let's do it. I've even heard that uh, the Dome of the Rock could be disassembled and taken to Mecca. So let's do not it. Not that they would do it, but it's a possibility. There's options. There's things that are happening. Earthquake could take it down. You know, it's interesting during the Six Day War. You know, um, it's funny this little joke that I got. They had a lot of gunpowder and ammunition stored in there, and uh, just think one camel, and it would all went up and smoke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Meaning camel like a cigarette. Yeah. For our younger For audience, it doesn't get the reference. So anyway,
1: let's let's move on here because here's the cool thing. You know, uh, it says right here in Exodus 25:9, according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So we're looking at a template. We're looking at a pattern that Moses was given, and it's precise, right? Yeah. And so, once again, the word pattern, you can you can share in a moment. Uh, no, I'm just moving around. The word pattern, number 8403, is the Hebrew word tabnith, and it means structure, model, resemblance, figure, form, likeness, and similitude. So, there's the pattern. Uh, and notice that it's going to consist of, you know, three areas, three compartments, outer court, inner court, holy of holies, six pieces of furniture. And there's actually a replica actually in uh, in Israel that you can go see. And it's really not as big as you think. Yeah. We probably should. Well, we can do that. We'll do it next week. We'll bring out the altar of incense.
0: Ooh, we've had the altar of incense in previous we videos. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll bring it out. When so if they go time.
0: look at like season uh, four, so, like so, episode one so and two, they'll see it there.
1: So it's so important, you know, God declares the end from the beginning. So it's so important that we understand the template and this pattern. Uh, and by the way, when we get into these pieces of furniture, they, they it's quite incredible. I've not done an extensive study, but enough to say that I found some of these uh, references of the tabernacle furniture in the book of Revelation, that John saw them in heaven. Right. So what do you have to share, Ryan, before we kick off the uh, Ark of the Covenant. You want to go ahead and jump right in? Um,
0: well, I just want to make the point that it's it's all about the pattern, right? So he's talking about the pattern, the pattern, the pattern. Right. Why? Because the Don't spiritual. Drift. Well, that the spirit the spiritual mirrors the natural, and so um, there are some very specific instructions about the development of the tabernacle. But then you'll notice that when they go to Shiloh, that it becomes a brick, you know, a block, a stone structure, and then even more so when you get the temple. All of them are after the pattern. Right and and i think it's a a big point no longer are they using temporary things like you know rams and badger skins but they're using the block and things like that that's true and so as you go it's all about the pattern but what pattern is it it's the pattern as you mentioned in heaven and that when john goes up he sees it and all that stuff and so it's important to note the pattern and so spiritual principles and things in the torah are all principles and patterns that we're then looking at in our lives today. So why is it relevant today? Well, it's all relevant today because of the principles and the patterns.
1: Well, the beauty of all of this is that God doesn't change. He he follows these principles. And we develop this thing called a progressive revelation. But it's interesting that it says, actually, in regards to Amos, and it's quoted in Acts. I do believe it was Peter talked about that the fallen booth of David would be restored. Oh, yeah. So not the tabernacle of Moses, but the fallen booth of David. Which so is we where, know where there's when no the walls. the veil was torn from the top to the bottom when, when Yeshua died on the cross, God was saying, hey, now you have access to me through my son, which is the coolest thing.
0: And it's funny that you so say it good. that way, because so. w- the the difference about that is that there is no walls, right? And there's no veil. It's open access. And, right. and what they say right. is that within 30 minutes, like right now, the Temple Institute, which like, the Temple Mount's here, right? The Temple Institute's right here in Jerusalem, ready to go. That if, as soon as they get the green light to have sacrifices and set up on the Temple Mount, they say within 30 minutes they can be set up and making sacrifices on wow, the Mount. But what's unique about that is there is no structure yet. Right. So it's open. So it's literally the fallen booth of David at that point because it's all open. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be drone footage of all that going on. And, you know, you get the point. Interesting.
1: So let's go ahead and jump right in there, Ron. Let you go ahead and discuss the ark. And then I'll I'll conclude with some notes about the ark in the end there. Just jump in. Because this is going to be the first piece of furniture.
0: It is. So what was the first piece of furniture that the Lord gave instructions to build? Mm, the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> what do we have for them Johnny? You know they say uh, I say they there's some folks that say that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia in this church over there and there's a guardian that guards it. And recently because of the conflicts and things that are going over there, uh, 750 members of that church that protects this so-called Ark, if it's there or not, I don't know, um, were killed by um, you know local conflict or whatever that's going on over there. Seven hundred and fifty people.
1: Yeah, we don't know, but you're, you're right. Some of it's public records, but what else? What else is going on? Yeah, no, it's insane. So, All so right. we want to be
0: in prayer for uh, the persecuted church worldwide. My kids, we homeschool, and uh, and so we have uh, a thing called the Voice of the Martyrs that gives us, you know. Uh, newsletters that we get every month and that we read right. about, you know, missionaries out in the field, so it's uh, important. So anyways, moving back to the Ark. The Ark was made of sheatim wood overlaid with pure gold and had staves or poles put in the rings so it could be carried. And the testimony was put into the Ark, and the mercy seat was to sit upon the Ark. So you have the Ark, meaning just the, the container, like the, the like Noah's Ark, Right, right and it had staves where you could carry it but then there was this this crown that went over it called the mercy seat which is i right. mean you could almost call it a separate piece of furniture but they go together right yeah. it's two pieces it's the of
1: the lid yep it's the lid right the cover with the two with, angels on the, their wings make a backrest
0: right like a throne you know yeah. and uh, and so that's where and god, god rides
1: it <laughs> i mean you know if you go back and look at these references it's pretty wild it is pretty wild it's not a harley
0: no, it's not, but he speaks ark. to them from the mercy seat. and right. So that's where Moses would go and, uh, and God would appear. Why? Because that's what God said to do. He says, come and meet with me there. And so Exodus chapter 25, verse 22 says this, And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Now, Uh, One of the interesting little things, little tidbits about this is that these two cherubims are literally golden, um, you know, sculptures. He loves cherubs,
1: and that's what Satan is. He's a cherub. Right. Cherubim is plural.
0: But what's interesting is the conflict here internally is, you know, don't make a graven image. Okay, make this graven image for my mercy seat, you know. And so, um, and
1: there's cherubs on the tapestry. On the tapestry as well,
0: right? So there's specific instruction, and then also you have the um, the serpent on the pole, right? That uh, um, we run into later, right? That uh, is also, you know, a, a golden image. That God had commanded them to make. So there's some specific instructions here that seem to, you know, deviate from God's general instructions, but they're specific to, you know, the, real the quickly, way here, to worship Him. If
1: we want to find God's pattern and imitate it and, and emulate it and do it, you know, and this is something for all of us to think about. What we all really need in life, what yeah. this world needs, is God sitting on the throne. He just lasted the nations, or whatever. But inside that ark is what manna. Yep, provision. The testament. Yep. And of course what aaron's rod aaron's rod Yep. so when you put those three things together three is divine and of the lord so what we need is we need it we need provision from god we do have to have provision in life that's the manna the testaments is the way to live the rod is the leadership to make all those three things come together amen so when you remove aaron's rod or the leadership you end up having chaos and confusion and now, right now, we could actually say that we can see that there's a vacuum for leadership. Oh, yeah. And there's lawlessness. No doubt about that. But we that. do have provision, don't we? Right. We're, we're eating. We're drinking. You know? Yeah. But anyway.
0: We are. All right. So why don't you go ahead and read um, Revelation? I think you have it pulled okay, up. Okay. So the
1: Ark of the Covenant can be found in Revelation eleven nineteen. This is what it says. This is incredible. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the Ark of his Testament... And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. So right there, we have
0: the ark in the heavenlies. It's the testament it's at the temple of God. And
1: the, and these weather patterns now are all around, and it's kind of familiar yeah. to Exodus nineteen, right? Where we meteorologists married. dream, like look at what's going on on this mountain and just weather patterns.
0: Yeah. Now right? I imagine, you know, um, you know, my great aunt, she passed away in July. And because of COVID, they didn't have a funeral. And um, there was a Presbyterian minister that did the little service graveside I went to the other day. And uh, he was reading Revelation, I think, 22, where it talks about, you know, wipe every tear from your eyes. You know, that the old things are passed away and the new things. But then he sees, I see, adorned like a bride, the new Jerusalem coming down. And so think about it. John goes up and he's seen right. a glimpse of... Even a piece, I mean, I don't know what exactly he saw, right? He describes it, and you can read about it, but he describes it. But we have, you know, proof from John's, you know, testimony that there is an ark there. And so it's like, is the ark important? Well, God seems to be thinking it's
1: important because he's with it, like, all the time. <laughs> and if we look at the second reference in yeah. Revelation fifteen five, And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. It was opened, you know. So for the sake of time, now, you know, we won't get into all the discussions of the Ark of the Covenant, but, you know, it was meant to be carried, not put on a cart. Right. Uh, You know, somebody paid a price for that. Yeah. The Philistines actually stole it. Oof. And then they got hemorrhoids. Yeah. That's one of the plagues that they got. Uh, And then, of course, uh, the, the Israelites got it back. It was actually in somebody's home, and they were blessed because of it. So anyway, just something to yep. think about. So let's jump into uh, the second piece of furniture. That the right. Lord so we're, we're
0: going go. from the inside out. So we start with the most important piece Pretty of furniture. Much it's
1: kind of an interesting template.
0: And then we kind of go out that's from right. there. So
1: that's the Holy of Holies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have access to that, everybody. Yeah. We have access to the Ark of the Covenant because what Yeshua has done, boldly come to the throne of grace. Yeah. So all the activity that's happening right now is like kind of where we're at. <laughs> the inner court. Yeah. So let's do the table of showbread,
0: right? Yeah. So the second piece of furniture was? Table of showbread. The table of showbread. The table of showbread was also made out of shiatim wood and also overlaid with gold and had two borders and had staves to carry it. And so um, we've likened the table of showbread to fellowship and That's to, right. um, you know, sharing with believers and, and loving one another and provision with believers and and, and table you know sitting at a table and, and eating with other believers and people and there's two borders so that you know right you can't fall off. That's right. So it protects you from falling off. And so uh, the dishes, spoons, covers, and bowls were all overlaid with gold as well. And it says in twenty five thirty of Exodus, and thou shalt set upon the table of showbread before me always. And so this is talking about the bread that they change out um, week in and week
1: out uh, on every Shabbat they swap it, and so apparently it Good doesn't move. go bad. Good move. So the table of showbread, like I said, it's got like a double wall. Mm-hmm. Think about Mexico. There's well, there's a wall and another wall. Yeah. Well, the table of showbread holds the twelve loaves, which are unleavened. Yeah. And they're switched out every Shabbat. So as we see this developing, you know, and we're going to talk more about this and tie the inner court all together, but we celebrate the Shabbat every week. We get new challah bread and we eat that. But the table of showbread is is actually unleavened bread, represents the 12 tribes. And it's interesting that uh, there's actually a story in the Bible where David was so hungry that God allowed him and his men to eat from the table of showbread that the priest actually uh, gave him. So... I think it's very important, like, like come to the table. There's quite a few Christian songs uh, that talk about come to the table yeah. that are very beneficial. Sure. It's so important, you know, and that's what took place. When we think about a table, Ryan, uh, it holds things. Yeah. Like an end table, dining room table. Yep. Come to the table. Uh, this I, this I, is I, a table. I attend a champions table every week with all pro pastors, the, the founder, Paul Pickern, Pastor Daniel Stahl, and Pastor Don Roan. And, and I want to tell you, the table is so important because it represents fellowship. Now, if you go back and look at the Temple of Ezekiel, there's only two things in that. There's a table and an altar. And it's interesting, too, as we decorate these curtains and everything, cherubim and palm trees. Yep. So that's how I talked my stepfather-in-law, Mr. Tim Colbo, to come to Florida. Yeah. Because there'll be palm trees Not cornfields, but they're date palms. Because he's from Iowa. Not coconut palms. So, so yeah. So this is very important that we understand that part of it about the Shabbat and the changing of it out. Yeah. And then we'll tie the menorah in and why it's so important with with the table of showbread. Oh, absolutely. But uh, anyway, so the table of showbread once again represents the twelve tribes. Every Shabbat the bread is changed out, and now we're going to go and and
0: showbread literally bread that is shown. It's it's a display of bread. (laughs) I know that right. sounds odd, right? And uh, it, it, I've seen different things over the years of representations of it. But the traditional Jewish one that you can find in like art scrolls, uh, humash in the back, you can see through that they have these racks that holds one yeah, thing and there's six on either side. And it's, it's a U-shaped bread. and All it's, kinds of
1: interesting observations. But I still like the the, the, the you know the hand breadth, uh, the double border. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it really keeps you on the table. You might think, oh, i get over this first wall. And then you're like, oh, man, the next one's going to be the floor. Yeah. I better go back. Yeah, I agree. Let's do it. Let's do the third piece. All right, so what was the third piece that the Lord gave instructions to build? It's the menorah. The menorah. I'll, I'll take this one. Oh. The menorah was made from a talent of gold and in one piece. That's the miracle. One big piece of gold. And yeah. know gold is, like, very soft, not moldable like that to that degree to build this thing you know so we don't really have a size of it but we have uh, that it was made from a talent of gold and in one piece the menorah had seven lamps and of course the tongs and snuff dishes were made of pure gold and of course uh, we can see where the menorah was the only uh, light that would be in this inner court there were no windows uh, so this inner court is sealed off with curtains you know but the menorah actually uh, has seven branches and uh, we're not going to use it as an example right now. But uh, the, the middle one is the shamash or the servant candle, the three on either side. And uh, they were serviced every evening, every morning. And uh, they had uh, oil in, in those in the lamps. And that's how they would service it. And it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, you know, uh, it, it actually makes a mention here. And I was just looking at this. Um it says here, a warning to the church in Ephesus. Uh, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So the seven churches in Revelation represent, and we could look at that in just a moment here. But I want to bring this point out, Ryan, that the, the menorah can be found in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And then if you want to read Revelation chapter 1, um, uh, 13, Revelation 1, 13. It
0: is, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a
1: golden girdle. So once again, the menorah is a very, very important piece of uh, furniture. You know, it's in the inner court. It represents the Holy Spirit and we're gonna see some interesting things Ryan because if you have the Holy Spirit you know it's so important because remember what Jesus said I'm gonna send you another comforter the comforter right. will come and and it's it's paracletos one called alongside to help right now the reason why the Holy Spirit is so important uh, is because there's other spirits and so how many of you know that if you have the menorah shining and you have the Holy Spirit you can come to the table like you and I we share the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit. That's right. Hallelujah. So you're not out in the world. You're not unsaved. You're here with me. That's right. We're at the table. You're, Thank God. You're not God. bringing up crazy doctrines and fables and <laughs> myths. So, so Well, my thing is, you know. And, and why is that important? Because I believe that the church has been infiltrated with all these spirits. Yes. not the Holy Spirit. Right. They'll create an atmosphere of worship and emotion, but not an atmosphere for glory. Right, not all. And that's why you get the new
0: age. You have to be careful. Counterfeits.
1: Like, like all my emotions are really kicking in right now. Well, you can't go by your emotions. Well, your heart is deceitfully wicked. You know, the state (laughs) symbol of Israel is not the Star of David. No, it's not. It's the menorah. Right. Uh, And and I I guess it was France that donated them this big brass menorah in front of the Knesset. It's really pretty, really nice. Yeah. With the tribes on it and tells a story. So we're at the menorah right now, and... Um,
0: well, there was one more verse with the menorah in Revelation. It was verse uh, 5 in chapter 4 of Revelation. It says, And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And that seven spirits of God there in... Um, what reference is that for the menorah? This is uh, chapter 4, verse 5 of Revelation, which I think you have it oh, there Oh, that's on right. Yeah, thing. 4, 5. Okay, yep. good. And then um, I believe the seven... And we talked
1: sp- about Revelation chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 to the church of Ephesus hey if you don't straighten up oh and that's the thought I wanted to bring out mm-hmm. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes he will bring to your remembrance all my words so what we do Ryan is right. we quote the Torah we quote the, we, we quote the commandments but what about all these other verses what about all these other things about treating people loving God how to live you know so, so if we don't know the gospels then how is the Holy Spirit going to bring that to remembrance that's why you know Remember your first love. Right. Because I'll take the Holy Spirit. So you could do Torah. You could do Shabbat. You could eat unleavened bread and eat kosher. You could do all these things, but not have the Holy Spirit. Right. How is that going to lead and guide you? Hey, I want you to call this person. I want you to go over here. Hey, I want you to go out by the pool for for nine weeks because COVID hit. You know, it's going to be okay. Right. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. The bills are going to be paid. Somebody needs to
0: hear that. Everything's going to be okay.
1: And we're all in this together. And we're all it in this together. It's so true. We're, we're among the living.
0: So uh, I've mentioned this in, in years past, and I think it's cool. Um, you know, we, we always say there's one Holy Spirit. But what's cool is the Holy Spirit is multifaceted and gives us, yeah. um, you know, good good abilities, right? I mean, gives us power. And it's, it's cool because you can read here. Um, in chapter 11 of Isaiah, and it, it says, starting in verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Right? So this is the Spirit of the Lord, and then it lists out seven spirits, or or seven facets Attributes, of the Spirit of God. Right? It says, The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither uh, reprove after the hearing of his ears. So it's cool because we can see the Spirit of God, and it gives us a glimpse of how someone who has the Spirit of God Will behave right they'll have wisdom and understanding right they'll have you know might they'll judge well they'll make good decisions that's true. they won't judge just based on the hearing right. of their ears right they don't trust everything they hear they don't no, trust everything they trouble. see that's right right because right what are we dealing with now fake that's news right. we they can't can
1: trust it doctor up videos and photos but we
0: can test the spirits through discernment that God gives us through the Holy Spirit of God and so you have this branch this seven branch menorah representing the Holy Spirit right. and how many branches does it have seven Right? The seven spirits of God. I mean, just, it,
1: just it's cool, right? It's cool how Not God puts everything together
0: and how everything comes together. The centerpiece right. being that servant candle, Yeshua, as it, as it spoke of in the uh,
1: Revelation chapter 1, verse 13. So we have these three pieces of furniture. We start off with the, uh, you know, the Holy Ark, the Ark of the Testament. Yep. The Ark of Testimony. We have, of course, the... Uh, Table of Showbread, the menorah. Now let's move into the curtains. In Exodus chapter 26, Ryan's going to go ahead and hit with number eight. And we're going to talk about some curtains here. You know, I've always loved drapes. Curtains are great. My wife actually went to school for window treatments. Did she? And she never even used it.
0: Yeah. Well What's interesting about curtains and, and drapes and things like that is uh, I'm a dude, you know, so I'm, I'm like whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's like HD television. You really can tell, like— if it was a bare window forever, you know, then you're like, whatever. But like when you see it dressed up nice, you're like, yeah. oh wow, that, that looks that looks good, yeah. you know. And so it makes a difference. And God's into the details; he notices the There's little like things. Like two
1: layers of the hotel, right? You got those ones you can kind of see through. Oh, ah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, The dark ones. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. The blackout ones. Yeah. yeah. So how many curtains were made for the tabernacle? Ten. There was ten curtains made for the tabernacle, and so it was made of fine uh, twined linen, blue, purple, and scarlet, with cherubims of cunning. Work which uh, we understand to be embroidery that they etched it in there. So, like, it, like your shirt,
1: yeah, yeah, champion you can't payments. Can't even see it, yeah, my Unplugged little champion payments
0: yet. logo. Um, I'm logoless, and each curtain had 50 loops. So, as you can imagine, this is big curtains that they had made, right? 50 loops in order to run along to the hold rods. It. So, then later on, when you hear about the rods it's and the sockets, 3, years and ago, all they this stuff, curtains and rods, <laughs> I understand. You know, I've I mean, had know. I've had the benefit of of this hanging like caveman days curtain rods in my day, you know, and I I was I was I was not part of that that group of levites. That was not me. Which one was it? Was the Gershonites or I'd the I'd be the
1: singing one. I'd be the singing
0: It was the Merariites, the Gershonites and the Kehruites. Right. Which one was the curtains? Do you remember the tapestries and all that? Oh, Whatever group that was that was not part of. Them. I mean, I can do the furniture. I like furniture.
1: Actually, the ones who made the curtains, that the priest that was over that Mm-hmm. That's a
0: Well, there you go. Then and I guess I am. The ones who do the yeah.
1: tapestries were camped out with a
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Ah oh, man. Well, and, uh,
0: I like tapestries, like on the wall, but like hanging curtains.
1: The Manasseh, and Benjamin, I think, were all together. Maybe hmm. was that was that
0: right? A Manasseh, and Benjamin, I believe so.
1: Yep. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving.
0: Uh, how many curtains of goats' hair were there as a covering for the tabernacle?
1: We had eleven.
0: You know, I've had goats. And I t- for the life of me, can't imagine <laughs> how they made curtains out of goat's hair.
1: <laughs> A lot of goats. Maybe
0: goat's skin, but like to take like the hair and like cut it or shave it off and like they don't have buzzers right So they're cutting it you know with shears of somehow and yeah. razoring it off and then Drying like it out. and then like you know oh, yeah. weaving I mean, it together and this I mean, most is go- Some goat's hairs like this big. some goat's hair is longer, right but there's wool cotton and then goat and then goat hair.
1: A goat suit. That'd be yeah, cool. you know,
0: know. Uh, what's really valuable nowadays is alpaca alpaca hair. I think it is. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Postbacall was telling me all about that. Hey, huh. Tom, just a little shout out that's for Tom right. Postbacall. He might be listening. Hey, his son John is in town. That's so right. So just in Texas. case John ends up, you know, saying that's hi, it. you know, we want you to sh- give a shout out to Tom and to John and all to right. Linda. We can't Let's talk keep about moving. them. Oh, you don't. And her brother up in Maine uh, and John Hackett. That's yep, right. that's right. Hey, John,
1: Hackett. how you doing? Thinking about you, John.
0: All right, so let's keep it moving. <laughs> so what That's two what animal skins were used as a covering for the tabernacle?
1: Ram skins, dyed red, and badger skins.
0: And there's some controversy over whether it's badger skin yeah, or, something yeah. like it's, or, it's, or something else. Yeah, Or something else. It's have, interesting. We don't know what we it is. We take it
1: literally, but then we have to develop the storyline, look at some commentary whatever. Exactly.
0: So we, we have ideas skins, of yeah. what it could have been, but we don't know what exactly it was. Something was sacrificed. To make this. Thing, that's right. That's the build. important piece. Yeah. Thank you, whatever it was that gave the skin. All right. So, uh, sheatim u- uh, wood was used for the tabernacle. 48 boards were used. So, they made 48 boards of sheatim wood, and the boards were overlaid with gold. And uh, in chapter 26, uh, verse 30, it says this And thou shalt rear up the tabernacle according to the fashion thereof, which was shown
1: thee in the mount. So, so that's the other witness. Yeah. Right. So, Don't veer off. Don't put an addition on. Don't put windows. (laughs) Don't put some chairs out and benches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No chairs and benches in this place. It's standing room only, folks. So no. I thought about that. Just take all the chairs out and watch people come in.
0: So no meditation maze. Welcome
1: to the tabernacle. No yoga studio. No. None of that. No yoga mats. (laughs) There might be yogurt (laughs) out in the lobby, but there won't be no yoga. And uh, people cracking me up. Christian yoga. Yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> but they're a white witch. Um, um, let's move on.
0: All right, we're gonna keep going. Let's go. How was the veil made in chapter twenty six? Wow, it's made
1: of blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims. You know, the linen or cotton is actually uh, you can breathe, it breathes well. Of course, you gotta iron the heck out of it. Yeah, you do. But made of blue, which represents heaven, scarlet is a redemption, and of course, and fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims. So th- he he wanted he, he created the cherubims and Satan was a cherub and he loves those cherubs. They're you know they're just beautiful angels. But they're a sect of the angels that, that we have. There's a messenger angel, there's cherubims, seraphim, you know. Archangel, whatever that means. So so once again, uh, this is what he wanted, you know. So he created something he wanted to look at. He wanted us to know it. There's those are cherubims. Those are cherubs. They're not fat little angels with wings flying around with little, you know. No. Cupid or something.
0: They're definitely they're, not.
1: They're, if, if Satan is a cherub, that's a pretty serious angel. And what angels were put out in front of the Garden of Eden? Two cherubim with flaming swords. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. This is exciting. <laughs> it is it exciting. It just is. It's it's God's it's God's dwelling. It's God's place. That's right.
0: All right, so it says here, and thou shalt set the table without the veil and oh, the wait, candle. did you do the bullet point? I didn't. Sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Usually you Mr. do Spot. it. And I, I do. I didn't hear you. This time I didn't. All right. And that's why What's you didn't hear. So within the veil hear? of the ark, so okay. within the veil of the ark of the testimony shall divide between the holy place and the most holy. So there's an There's a veil. That's right. <laughs> so can you see through the veil? Like can you no. can you see like Sting. a golden image? So there, it's not really like the veil like we would think of. It's really a curtain.
1: Oh yeah, it's serious. Yeah, and that's that's the most holy place, yeah. the holy of holies, the holy, holies and it's the of smallest holies. compartment. And you could only go in there. The priest could only go in there once a year. That's once how special a year. it was. Got it. Now, when the temple veil was torn from the top to the bottom, then all of a sudden, now we have access. So, otherwise, they're
0: ministering to the Lord not inside that room, but from the altar of incense, right, right, just outside of it.
1: Right. So, when we recognize the Son of God. It's like a backstage pass. Ah. you recognize my son, you can come to me now. And then it's because right, it, you know, there was an Earth Wind and Fire album, we opened it up and it looked like all these ways to heaven the different I don't know what it was, it was something. Why are you in an Earth Wind and Fire for me, man? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, September. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when the storm hit and had to leave my house, so I don't like September. But <laughs> it is my oldest son's birthday, September twenty eighth. So just a little reminder that as we learn principles and patterns. It can change your life, and this is how we get to know our Father. That's right. That's right.
0: right, So let's keep moving. Exodus chapter twenty-six, verse thirty-five says, "And thou shalt set the table without the veil, and the candlestick over against the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south, and thou shalt put the table on the north side." So you've got. You walk in, right, and so then on your—because you're walking from the east entrance facing the west. Right. On your left would be the candlestick. On your right, right would be the table showbread. Right. right in front of you would be the altar of incense, which we haven't gotten to yet, right. in front of the veil. And then behind that That's would be right. the ark.
1: You know, it's interesting that a lot of people don't like the symbol of the cross. They think it's pagan. But an aerial view of this, is it's a cross. Right, yeah, you're right. So it's just something to think about.
0: That's true. You know. It's true. So how many pillars were there before the holy place? Five. Got it. And so this is not the most holy place. So there's five. Because what you see is you see that outer court where you have outside, you have, you know, the uh, the altar and the laver. Right. And then you have five pillars. Right. And then you walk in, and then that's where you
1: see those three pieces of furniture I just mentioned. Yeah, the five pillars leads you to the inner court. Right. And then there's the holy of holies. So and then outer court... Inner court, holy of holies. And, and, and that's three levels on, the, on Noah's Ark.
0: And so this section that three starts with those five Lord. pillars, that's an enclosed section yes, that has so a like roof. you pull the
1: curtain back. See, that's what we talk about being spirit-filled or baptizing the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, the outer court is totally exposed. Right. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's all part of the menorah. So when you pull the curtain back, like, hey, what's back here? And that's where we see where the church ages come to Azusa Street and all that other stuff brought great revival yes. to, to that gift that's found in 1 Corinthians.
0: Yeah, you know? no doubt. Um, and so, there's five pillars here in, in front of it and then right behind that as you get in th- past the furniture is four pillars which we'll get to that that's I think true, as well.
1: Yeah. And four is the number for the world. Mm-hmm. For his world northeast mm-hmm. southwest mm-hmm. and here's god on the throne mm-hmm. He's over the world mm-hmm. i actually have a little sheet right here that you guys passed and five out five is actually the number for grace so god gives us grace which is the ability not to sin by coming into the inner court and enjoying all these things you know so wait so if you're
0: filled with the holy spirit god gives you the power not to sin
1: yes yes oh, man
0: all right so what was the fourth piece of furniture that the lord gave
1: instructions to build it was the altar of burnt offering. Somebody actually gave this to me as a gift, uh, and it actually says on the sides, which is what I really like, chastise for our peace, bruised for our iniquities, healed by his stripes, wounded for our transgressions.
0: I think it spins the other way, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's cool is this is just big enough to like maybe grill a lamb chop on. You know, like a little, or like a well, filet yeah, mignon, maybe a, a cubit.
1: Once again, is the tip of your finger to the, to the elbow. So the cubits could, could range differently, but but yeah, that's just a smaller version. I
0: know. I just range. you know, I mean, like I could put like a but piece I'll of coal you, in there. I'll
1: tell you, you know, but that is that is the, uh, the entrance to everything, uh, the sacrifice. That's right. You know, and of course we have uh, this altar of burnt offering, and
0: yep, and it was a brazen altar, and it was made of sheatim wood overlaid with brass. No, not
1: gold. Brass. Brass means judgment. Gold is deity. Right. Gold is godly.
0: Right. So the four corners uh, had horns overlaid with brass. You see the horns on each of the four corners. Uh, Pans, shovels, basins, flesh hooks, fire pans, and all the vessels uh, were all made of brass as well. And the grate was also made of brass. You had a brass grate on the top. And the two staves, which are these little... uh, Little Little things right here. Um, the two staves of shiatim wood were overlaid with brass and were put into the two rings on each side yeah. of the altar. Now, as you had kind of just alluded to, uh, this is the first thing that you have to go by before you can make and it And there's only one
1: it. way into the tabernacle. So it's from the east. One way in, yep. one way out. Like Yeshua, he's the door. That's right. Uh, and so once again, uh, we have this altar of burnt offering. And on this particular offering, we have, of course, five different sacrifices that uh, we'll be discussing later. But they are the burnt offering, the meal offering or meat offering, grain offering. Mm-hmm. You know, King James says meat offering. It's a grain offering, which is unleavened bread. And you can't offer any kind of honey. And then, of course, thirdly is the peace offerings. Then you have sin offerings and trespass offerings or, or the guilt offering. So once again, five sacrifices, five is the number for grace. Uh, and, and a picture of these sacrifices can be found. In Yeshua and even in ourselves, you know, so the best description I can give or example I can give is that, uh, you know, Yeshua was a total burnt offering, gave his whole life. Suffered, died and was buried, rose again. Uh, And of course, with that, he served, you know, and that's why the the grain offering goes with the burnt offering. Whenever you do a burnt offering, you'll do a meal offering, a grain offering, meat offering with it. And it symbolizes your servanthood that you're going to serve because you've been totally consumed by the burnt offering. So with that. Then we have a peace offering. That's the only offering that you can eat from. Let's say you're successful or whatever, different things. Uh, You can do a peace offering and invite your friends and family and partake of that and eat of it. But it's the only one you can. Let's say you fulfill a vow or you have a great business venture or you find the USB thing. I mean, whatever it is, (laughs) you can rejoice with God and, and, and people will look at you like, wow, you've given your life to the Lord. He's given you everything you have. And now you're you're celebrating giving glory to God and I get to be in there and hear your testimony yeah and that's what beta is we're a peace offering we want people to enjoy the, the fruits of our labor to glorify God and as people come and they experience this church they'll see the fruit they'll see that wow why do you have this and why do you have that you know why do we have you know state-of-the-art sound and lighting why do we have uh, a basically a television studio it's to glorify God. It's it's it's, a, it's something that God has given us that we can use to glorify Him and reach out to others. And then, of course, the sin offering and trespass offering; those two are mandatory. The first three are not. You don't have to be a burnt offering. You don't have to do a meal offering. You don't have to do a peace offering. Those are voluntary. But when it comes to sin, you need a you need a sin offering yeah. and a trespass offering because we trespass against each other, against God, and so that's what we have there.
0: You know, um, the the altar is also, uh, the, our burnt offering is Yeshua. Right. And salvation comes. And so one of the things about this altar is that it burns day and night all That's the time. That's right. 24-7. That's a good point. The fire. And this is something that you, know, that you brought to light probably a long time ago, but it's always stuck with me because anybody can come to the Lord anytime, day or night. Anytime. people. Right. So the operations of the altar in the outer court are always there. Somebody can always come and bring their sacrifice. And who's your sacrifice? It's Yeshua. He's provided you an offering. So what happens? You're broken. You're, you're, um, you're, you're sinning. You're doing all these things. You're living life the way you know you shouldn't, right? You know that you are not in a place that is in right standing with God. And what does God do? He says, come. Come as you are, right? right? I will provide the sacrifice for you, just like the Akedah, just like Abraham and his son Isaac. Right. Hey, God will provide himself
1: an offering. You know, as we look at this, and I want to stress this again, that you know, people think there's so many different ways to the Father or to God or to heaven, and we need to understand that he has established the protocol. And I'll give you an example. In Leviticus 17, 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul the, the altar shows ownership that's right cross reference for this is Hebrews 9 22. for in almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission now the book of Leviticus is broken up into two parts two sections 1 through 17 is the way to God so where's your sacrifice okay now 18 to 27 is, of course, it's what? The walk with it's God. The walk with God. And it says right here, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Now, what's interesting is that in the sacrificial system of the animals, our sins were covered. Right. But Jesus, Yeshua, takes them away. That's right. I love what John says in uh John the Baptist in John 129 the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world not sins but the sin of the world just like God didn't create the heavens and the earth he created the heaven and the earth but what's cool about this not saying it in plural uh, but which sin was that original sin? Yeah, the making Eating the tree of the knowledge yeah. of good and evil. Deciding for yourself what's good and what's evil. And he evil. says, wherefore, Jesus, in Hebrews thirteen twelve, wherefore, Jesus, also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Yep. Mount, uh, the Mount of Olives, right? Once again, perpetual fire was kept on the altar so that any time anyone sinned, they could have immediate access to God. Now, this is pretty cool. All who touched the altar were considered holy exodus twenty nine thirty seven, 37 uh, and adonijah is an example of this in first kings chapter one verses 38 through 53 and adonijah was actually the brother of solomon right And he was trying to claim the throne and all that and right so was, oh no 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 they all tried <laughs> and adonijah feared because of solomon and arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar okay hmm. now the question is where's your sacrifice you know in hebrews chapter 10 verses 26 through 30 so where's your sacrifice you know for, for for god's asking you where's your sacrifice uh it says in hebrews 10 26 for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins mm-hmm. right and of course we know that the brazen altar can be found in heaven revelation 8 5 it says right here And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Now, that could be the altar of incense. Right. To some degree. I'm just looking at it. But this this particular brazen altar uh, is found in in Ezekiel's temple. And, of course, there's a table. So there's only two pieces of furniture that are in Ezekiel's temple. But, you know, like I said, I think if we dig in here pretty deep, uh, you know, because here's the thing there's no flame coming off the altar of incense no so yeah. we know that here's the deal just when I looked at revelation 8:5 as we they bring the fire from here to the altar of incense so but the thing is though but the thing is took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar right so if he did that in revelation there has to be an altar absolutely so something to think about so if you have an altar of incense and he's got incense you know there's an altar of incense if you need fire from the altar oh by the way Uh, Nate Abbott and B who offered up strange fire it didn't come from the altar right flick your bick or whatever they did yeah you know those little torch things you know yeah yeah, like them and it's hard to start (laughs) they're adult proof too yeah but the altar uh, shows ownership so it's an incredible Ryan um, that particular uh, part of it as you come in that's that's where we all go through first Uh, and then we're going to get into of course we're going to get into next week I believe the laver and altar of incense.
0: I agree. I agree. So one last little detail, uh, there were 69 pillars used in, uh, in the tabernacle. Wow. So the border of the tabernacle, right. they had 69 pillars uh, used almost like a gate, you know, or like a fence, sorry, around it. So that's pretty cool. Little, little details. Um, so the question then begs what two lessons what can do be learned? you have? So the first one I got was that uh, God knows the details of the tabernacle and he knows every hair on your head god loves you he loves you so much that he has provided this pattern for us um and has provided within that pattern a sacrifice for us and all we have to do is is receive it so he literally brought himself his only son um to come here and and die for us within this system so i thought that was pretty cool and then um you know god loves us so much that he calls us his taruma, us his portion you know and so I love that because I know that God, um, God wants that relationship with us, and I think that uh, all of this stuff people look at and they think, "Oh, this stuff is Old Testament. All this stuff is done away with. All this stuff is ceremonial." And I look at this stuff and I think, "Wow, the heart of God is with us. You know, He has provided so much and done so much. He's painstakingly provided us all this, not for His benefit, but for our benefit." Um, So that we would do the things that he's called us to do in order to get the things that he has for us. And
1: so I'm just thankful for that. You know, I just have a couple things here. Uh, I have follow God's pattern and you will have success and be closer to God. Amen. I would say that. That's very true. I would say that follow God's pattern and you will have success and be closer to God. Uh, That's a total package. Spirit, soul, and body. Number two, I would say that the church has never been more important than today. Oof. Yes. Now. A lot of it closed. Some will never reopen. Yep. But I can't stress it enough. Cyber church has a purpose. It does. Well, it and we works. are the church, Amen. But but the problem is this, though. When it says to the laying on of hands, pray for one another. You can't do it in cyber church. No, no, I guess not. You know, um, can you feel his presence over the TV, the computer? I'm sure. Yeah. But see, the corporate anointing cannot come unless you're corporately together. Yeah, Amen. We're many members one body one body so it's like you know if we want to build a strong community and raise the next generation what does that look like what's it going to take it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of work yeah cyber church doesn't watch my kids
0: no it doesn't
1: okay so once again i think it's important that we understand the fact and they've even proven this ryan that when churches leave certain areas darkness comes in that's right crime goes up that's right rape murder pillaging all kinds of stuff goes up but whenever there's a church that's why you know there's a lot of churches in america yeah That's a good sign it is now what's going on in there i don't know i hope the gospel i hope they call out sin i hope they lead people to christ me too but i'm saying that get back to spiritual exercises because let me tell you something you know if you're not praying and worshiping and reading your bible or having scriptures in the church you're 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 the ymca that's about how good you are that's right that was great worship that was a great service great you know whatever but yeah but where was the conviction where was the altar call where was the conviction you know that's why it's so important here at Beta that we get a fresh word every week. We have guests coming. We have worship. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and and it's it's fresh. It's like that bread's been. I'm not looking at the bread from last week. We got a guest coming. Right. And some pastor friends coming. We're gonna bring new bread in this week. So I want to leave it at that. And like I said, once again, the the local church is very important.
0: Amen. I agree. I agree. All right. Wow. I hope you guys uh, got something out of this tour portion. I know that you know if you're reading the tour portions week in and week out. Uh, you're getting something out of it you're seeing it relevant for today uh, because I know that in my life and I know that you've testified that in your life that you're reading the Torah portion every week and then you're like wow how is this happening this week why is this relevant why is the news having this relevant things going
1: on well the portions is about worship oh absolutely because chapters 1 to 18 is about deliverance right and since we're in 27 yeah, we're so now onto worship. We're into worship. Amen. So we can't be playing around Amen. anymore. Amen. Praise God.
0: All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you guys would please like and subscribe and do all of those things, uh, share with your friends and family on social media. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you need anything from us, you can email me at at ryanattopraise.net. You can also leave comments uh, either on our Facebook page or on the YouTube videos, and we will get back to you from those as well. And uh, I think that's it. So God bless you guys. Have a great week.